हेलो एवरीवन होप यू ऑल आर वेल हैप्पी एंड हेल्दी वेर यू आर टुडे द टॉपिक ऑफ डिस्कशन फॉर दोज पैंडमिक इवनिंग्स इज एजुकेशन एजुकेशन विच इज़ सच अ इम्पॉर्टेंट पार्ट ऑफ आर इंडियन अपब्रिंगिंग एज वी से तालीम पढ़ाई लिखाई एवरी टाइम इन आर हाउस होल्स दिस इज डिस्कस्ड एट ग्रेट लेंथ what are you studying what are you going to do after your schooling where are you going to go for college what are your plans after that so this is something that uh, we see and hear on a day to day basis so i thought it's going to be a good topic to discuss with everyone considering we are in the midst of a pandemic so today um the guest i have is uh, surya surya narayanan surya am i am i uh, saying your last name correctly Yeah, perfectly. Perfect. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, so Surya is one of the people who I always thought of uh, while I was writing down the guest uh, sort of appearances for the podcast, and why his name was always there is because um, we have worked together uh, at a think tank in Delhi, and during um, those uh, work days, I remember us having many discussions. and he had very interesting world views on a lot of topics and education sort of uh, has stuck with me the discussion we had about education and what he feels about it particularly in india also what his views are on higher education so i thought it's going to be very interesting to get his take on that so hi surya how are you i'm i'm excellent how are you <laughs> i'm good i'm good how is um how's this time treating you what have you been busy doing yeah, it's testing times like for everyone else obviously mm-hmm. i am doing my masters program in international maritime law mm-hmm. at the moment and of course it's happening online so that's keeping me occupied these days aha uh-huh. that's um, i'm very surprised about this uh, enrollment that you have taken up and for the mm-hmm. fact that you are doing a masters but we'll we'll get we'll get to that topic uh, we are, we're going to just going to do a basic timeline so tell us about your uh, background surya so where were you raised where did you do your uh, bachelor's from what did you study yeah so i am a kid who grew up in chennai i was born in chennai grew up here Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first eighteen years of my life, and then I moved to Bangalore to do my undergrad in law, mm-hmm. so the bachelor's in law. That's a five-year course, and I did that in a, in a private university. Mm-hmm. Uh, so law school was fun, but again, uh, a lot of problems with the education system itself, like any other business school or any other school that trains people for any particular industry. Yeah. So. that happened and after my law school i found myself in a think tank mm-hmm. in delhi that's where we met like you mentioned yes and yes. i was i was researching on uh, the law of the sea especially uh, india's particular interest with the law of the sea and i was specifically focused on security interests aha uh-huh. with respect to national security and defense etc mm-hmm. so that went on for about 2 years and i then I had to take a break from that, and then now I'm pursuing my masters in international maritime law mm-hmm. in in an institute in Malta. So in Malta, in wow, fancy, very fancy, Surya, as expected. 
<laughs> but uh, no so tell me so what made you uh, choose law like uh, so for your bachelor's like what 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 was the plan behind that oh that's a very uh, long easy answer logic no 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 it's not long so i always so i took the stream of commerce mm-hmm. in my uh, high school okay that was because of the fact that you know i was interested in sciences already and i thought i would learn the sciences anyway i mean i don't have to it is kind of uh, bizarre maybe yeah. so that I, i have an interest in the sciences anyway so i learned that and mm-hmm. i want to learn something that's different from what i don't know mhm so that's why i took uh, business studies and accountancy etc etc so once i went there mm. uh some parts of it didn't fancy me much acha <laughs> okay right ha huh. and i figured out i was limited by options mm-hmm. to to pick a career so either i have to become an accountant mm-hmm. or or pursue mba i mean bba and then mba etc yeah so the other option which i had was law mm-hmm. and i i figured out or i realized how that never struck me that aspect of becoming a lawyer mhm of so i initially chose this field so that i can i can know of how things are governed how things are structured in governance yeah. and how us people mm. citizens are given rights and duties and how we function what is our position in this whole legal structure that systems create mhm okay so that fascinated me a lot and then i went on to pursue that that, that that's that interesting so uh, yeah. your parents aren't lawyers right from what i know no no no, no they're not okay there is there is no family connect there okay and uh, so then of course uh, that makes sense so i think law chose you instead of you sort of choosing it for yourself and it it just happened organically from what i can understand Yeah, you can put it that way. <laughs> okay. So, okay, you know this one time we were having this discussion and I was we were talking about masters and uh, you know I said okay I, I did this uh, in England or someone else did that and uh-huh. you had this take on uh, these degrees you know and these institutions abroad or in India and you completely disregarded them in in a certain way so i was very intrigued and uh, <laughs> what what made you it was a long chat that we had i can't remember the points exactly but uh, there were some good points like what made you have those thoughts on sort of you know your f- further studies like your masters or your phd and has it changed in the recent times no no it does not change but then i just find myself to be a hypocrite <laughs> so i mean yeah uh, so we did discuss i am still principally on what i told you mm-hmm. what we discussed yeah uh but i find myself you know daily darling of implementing that in action because mm-hmm. of, because you know life hits you and stuff like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but 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 yeah to begin with what we were discussing i think it was more on higher education particularly yes and we were talking about how uh higher education cannot be disconnected from what happens since infancy and certainly cannot be disconnected from like the cognitive part of it the cognitive sciences of how education itself hmm is is put into the system yeah. i'm i'm an expert in neither of those <laughs> in education or cognitive sciences yeah. but but i think i'll just share uh, what i personally have observed and experienced and read about mhm 
so so there are very contrasting conceptions regarding many things about education system one i'm but two main things which always uh, intrigue me is one mm-hmm. who is actually the target audience for this instrument of education mm-hmm. okay who's who is it meant for and the other one is what exactly is education used for this education system that's created what is it used for mm-hmm. so one view is that the higher education is for the elite for the privileged and the rest of the population should be dumbed down with vocation schools and general trades uh-huh and and i trace back this to uh, one of the leading public intellectuals of the 20th century his name is walter lippmann okay he's an american okay so he had the view that there needs to be a distinction between the intelligent minority and he called them the responsible men mhm and then that from the ignorant the meddlesome outsiders who had to be spectators and not participants in action okay mhm and he got and the and the responsible men who discuss this is always part of the intelligent minority so uh-huh. that that's funny so in his <laughs> words the responsible men need to be protected from the roar and the trampling of the bewildered herd because they need to perform they need to like take care of everyone else acha so he invented the concept of manufacture of consent i mean we will we'll discuss this in detail of course mm-hmm. and he said that's the new art of democracy itself okay. that is used to keep the bewildered and the meddlesome away from interfering with with state affairs with with the affairs of governance mm-hmm. or the industry or the engine itself okay so these are his writings in the 1920s mm-hmm. and incidentally they were called progressive essays of democracy uh-huh. and he was relying on his personal and official experience with the first and probably the only us propaganda agency okay uh oh, it's called, it's called a committee on public information it's called the creel committee the creel committee okay yeah mm-hmm. and I mean, it's again. It's called public and inf- committee on public information, as probably George Orwell would have liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there was a committee established during the First World War. Okay. Uh, to to drive a very pacifist population into a raving and war mongering one, because they need people to fight. Mm-hmm. And it worked pretty successfully. Yeah. So it was. So this was led by the responsible men who were more or less uh, unaware that they were the targets of the earlier British Ministry of Information. Okay. Okay. Which was essentially designed to control the thoughts of the American elite because America was created. Yeah. You know how. Mm-hmm. And so, bring them to the First World War on England's side. So they were looking for allies and they want to control uh, the American resources and through their. Ministry of Information. They wanted to do this by controlling the American elite and providing more men to the war. Mm-hmm. So one of the modern founders of public relations industry, yeah, what we use in, in corporate secretaries is like is, is Edward Bernays, okay. and he was also part of the Creel Committee, which we just spoke of, and he had the same view that there needs to be an intelligent minority in control, and there needs to be a technique that engineers consent from the general population. that that puts the clusters that is the spectators mhm in their place but not as participants uh-huh. uh so this view however it goes even back to the 19th century where uh, ralph waldo emerson mm-hmm. he was contemplating why political leaders were interested in getting mass public education when us was when us was in the stages of how india is right now as a developing nation you know after yeah. independence mhm So he said that uh, the ground on which eminent public servants urge claims of public education is fear. He goes on to say that the country is filling up with thousands and millions of voters 
mm-hmm. and you must educate them to keep them away from our throats these are his exact words uh-huh. uh meaning meaning educate them in a right way and keep their perspective and understanding pretty narrow and limited mm-hmm. yeah and discourage free and independent thought and frighten them into obedience Uh-huh. So that is something that is done over and over in the schools as all of us have experienced it even till date. Hmm. So if we, if we go back still further into the framing of the American constitution itself, I mean I'll come to India later. I mean, yeah. Trying to figure out where it all is in. Yes, yes, yes. It was, it was it was essentially based on the same principles. So uh James Madison who who was the major framer of the constitution, American mm-hmm. constitution, mm-hmm. his views were also the same. he said that the public has to be marginalized otherwise there will be trouble and if you read the speeches of the constitutional convention he urged to think about what would happen in england hmm. that was obviously the model for them yeah. back then mm-hmm. so what would happen in england if they had a democratic vote okay and he said well what would happen would be the majority of the population would lose their voting power to take away the property of the rich uh-huh. to carry out what we call these days as land reforms uh-huh. and that would be unjust to the rich Oh, so therefore okay. we need to guard against democracy you know giving more power to the forces that's the people yes so actually it's kind of interesting to know that whether consciously consciously or not madison mm-hmm. was reformulating an argument that goes back to the first main major study of political theory that's aristotle's books on politics mm-hmm. so aristotle reviewed the many forms of government and decided that democracy would be the least bad of them all mm. well he was mostly thinking about athens at the time yes but he raised the same dilemma one of mm. the big problems with democracy is that the majority of the poor mm. would use their voting power to take away and divide the property of the rich mm-hmm. so madison and aristotle faced the same problem of of giving power to the people but then mm. they drew uh conclusions in in opposite directions that's pretty interesting because mm. aristotle's conclusion was we should eliminate inequality I mean, make everyone middle class, yeah, yeah. more more or less. Mm-hmm. And he proposed actual measures for this in his work. Okay. And what we would call today as welfare state, make Actually. everyone middle class have a welfare state. Huh. And this would uh, help us overcome the problem. Hmm. But Madison's solution was the opposite. He says reduce democracy itself. So design a system in which the public will not be able to exercise the kind of free vote that mm-hmm. would threaten one of the main goals of the government, which is to protect. the minority of the opulent hmm. against the majority so again uh, in madison's words the constitution has to ensure this that the power is in the hands of what he called the wealth of the nation yes the responsible men the men who have respect for property and its rights and therefore ensure the opulent minority is protected from the majority so hmm. that's why you would see in the original framing of the american constitution power is majorly in the hand, was in the hands of the senate and okay. the executive was just an administrator at the time uh-huh. and people didn't vote for the senate to back them like now mm. and the senate he said would be the wealth of the nation that would make judicious and responsible decisions mm. and but he was again a pre-capitalist at this point so his model that was that a few good men yeah. like the aristocrats back in rome would make the right decisions for everyone so this is madison you talk about yeah yeah, yeah 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 okay and again there's one more interesting guy uh To go back further, his name is David Hume. He's one of the modern political philosophers. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called "The First Principles of the Government," mm-hmm. and that in that he wondered at the easiness with which many are governed by the few, and uh-huh. the implicit submission with which men resign their own sentiments, or people resign their own sentiments and passions to those of their rulers. Yes, yes. 
okay so, so you picked yeah. out okay yeah. mm-hmm. examples so, hmm yeah so there's only uh, an opinion only on that that the government has founded that is very stress uh, yeah when we require as to uh, what is uh, what is bringing about this change yeah he says that we will find that force is always on the side of the government it's mm. the people who have the force yeah yeah and of course in the free and the popular where the force is less available yeah you get the more sophisticated developments of the notions of manufacture of consent that is you will get more and more uh, control on the people mm-hmm. so it's a very it's a very conscious policy that 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 was happening throughout all forms of governance and it's been and continuing the, for so many decades literally yes yes yes, oh. yes. that's and mm. and i think there's was one book all of us should read Mm-hmm. it's it's a uh, by book scholarly book by Jonathan Rose okay so it's called the intellectual life of the british working class okay mhm so it's it's a it's a monumental study of the reading habits of the 19th century british workers mm-hmm. and it is pretty remarkable to see what they were reading yeah. rose con- contrasts that he says the passionate pursuit of knowledge mm-hmm. by proletarian autodidacts with the pervasive philistinism of the british aristocracy and there is something we find here in india too yeah. where uh, we see people or we saw people during the industrial revolution reading contemporary literature of the time or living in the fantasy of what they saw in the movies mm-hmm. in their own regional language yeah so we had the industrial revolution happening but then people wanted to break free from it so they they resorted to literature and movies and the arts yes because they they, they had a strong feeling of condemnation mm-hmm. against against how they were being forced into the industry because okay. for, for livelihood of course mm-hmm. and they would later realize how this culture was their culture was taken away from them yeah i mean yeah. my own family and relatives were are in still the working class and mm-hmm. even though some never made it through high school <laughs> oh those <laughs> those uh, cause these people the proletarian autodidacts i mean although <laughs> they were helped by workers education courses and training institutions that etc etc yeah there are, there are again uh, different views and again so this is the two views on whom the education is meant for mm-hmm. and they have two contrasting ones that is it's wow. either meant for the elite who yeah. want to control yeah. and give them more knowledge or use this as a tool to control the masses okay okay so you have and to you have to dumb this down for 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 the listeners literally no this was right, this was right. this was so elaborate and like a mm-hmm. historical lesson of where it all began and it's it's really mm-hmm. interesting but uh, from what i can pick out so i mean the main question would be are we part of the spectators still like all of us in that so I form think, i i think we very much are uh, i don't want to categorize or Yeah. Category is a label, but say if you think a typical citizen, who I mean, in popular notions of who is who is a citizen, mm-hmm. uh, it's someone who watches IPL, watches cricket, who goes to the job, takes care of his family, and yeah. you know, takes care of his own business and does not interfere with the government. You know, yes, huh? They don't want people to interfere with the uh, functioning of the industry itself radically or the government, and the industry and the government are. interrelated they are, they are dependent on each other very strongly right mm-hmm. yeah and the sole spectator thing is still it's still very very uh, persistent mm-hmm. and and we have enough uh things that that distract us and keep us as spectators like 
give us a few like, examples like ipl like so- social media like, you are clearly not a fan of cricket i can see that no yeah not at all <laughs> ditto but that, that's true there there's so many distractions so you think social media is also playing a big role in that do you think that so i personally think internet is one of the greatest inventions mm-hmm. probably since the invention of light bulb i mean we didn't have any great radical inventions since the invention of light bulb that that changed history mm-hmm. and internet is one of them and internet has evolved into what we are using right now at the moment there mm-hmm. are so many opportunities yes. but there are also many more distractions and and it's easy for us to get distracted because of the way in which uh, these things are designed to distract us mm-hmm. yeah so the, the the industry has this uh, idea of creating wants hmm yes like you, you don't you don't really requ- uh, require or need something but then they think they make you feel that you actually need it that that's how the whole marketing or publications part of the industry does yeah yeah so it's they yeah they yeah that, that's it they, they keep us expecting this even now and the aspect and so the invention of internet and how we use it it's uh, though it's it's so path breaking but you think it's still going to make us spectators for the rest of our lives as well it's again up to us up Means to us their yeah that's their intent but mm-hmm. then if we are wise enough and then you know we actually take we zoom out and see what actually is happening okay yeah. why am i following this particular page on instagram i mean Mm-hmm. I mean I, it looks like it's very visually appealing yeah okay dogs are cute yeah. but okay so what about it like all of us know <laughs> dogs are cute yeah. things are visually appealing so ha huh. you're getting this dopamine hits micro yes. hits of dopamine yeah. but what are you doing with that i mean how how do you how are you using that how are you using, are you using that? that productively or are you just like using it to Yeah, for some other reasons yeah that's, that's so true it's it's such a good form of distraction but whereas as you say some other people could use it very wisely where they learn new skill sets entirely and sort of try to get out of that spectators group and come out with something new so it it really depends on how we will use it right yeah as yeah. to so how it's a, it's a yeah. tool mm-hmm. and there are people who build it this tool mm-hmm. and they they continue to control how the tools being used but it's again it's up to us how we use the tool that's 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 true yeah. okay so the next yeah. question of you know yeah. what education is actually for what is it meant for yeah, in, in the in the indian context particularly mm-hmm. so i think we discussed this back then when we had the initial conversation few yeah. years ago yeah and you need to that's, you need to simplify this because yes, not everyone yes, yes. is on your level <laughs> yes sir. yeah and, so yeah, i'm 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 at the lowest level oh, <laughs> i'm too humble but okay ha so simple dumb it down simplify it and then so one one education is meant for the system is created for people who actually are interested in the pursuit of knowledge itself like you know i am interested in something i want to research on something i want to know more about it mhm yeah that's one and the other is the majority which which my rhetoric so far is trying to like prove that it it's trying to make people market ready yeah you mm. qualify yourself mm-hmm. through educating yourself by educating yourself yeah and then you become market ready and this is and the last aspect which i find is very uh, peculiar and relevant only to the indian context or maybe some other countries too mm-hmm. is education is viewed as a status symbol oh yeah totally like all the ivy league colleges or even some of the great institutions in india yes. or anything else what do you what do you make of those i'm sure nothing <laughs> no so this this is kind of uh, a value that's attached to someone who is very well educated yeah Yeah. And, and they think uh, that's that. Uh, so being educated in, is inherently associated with uh, more wealth or 
so that person has the potential to make more money or is more intelligent so that's mm. that's the value attached to it yes and that gives gives a status symbol of having a phd or yeah getting a degree from one of the ivy leagues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or from the iits or the nlus so yeah it's it's again a very mis- common misconception it's it's a status mm. game you know it totally is it totally i was is. part of this gentleman's club so therefore i think i'm greater or people yeah. think that i'm great <laughs> yeah so, they they start taking themselves too seriously i think it's a huge responsibility also to sort of carry on when yeah. you pass out from such uh, schools i feel but uh, no so so are you are you market ready surya since you you finished your uh, masters or you just about to finish them <laughs> so in in uh, i don't in, think so <laughs> <laughs> because the problem is yeah the second come back to the problem is how people are uh, made market ready itself right yeah so which comes back to my question of what actually it's meant for so there, there are problems even so even though it's designed to make people market ready mm-hmm. it's it's not doing it the right way it's not really successful in that because see yeah. there are contrasting views here as well mm-hmm. one is that say okay i'm going to like quote someone here again this comes from a guy called Will, wilhelm von humboldt okay. who is the founder of modern university system Okay. Right? And he was also one of the founders of statistical liberalism. So he comes up with two things. One is that mm-hmm. education is like pouring water into an empty vessel. And yeah. but but you know now now we all know that the vessel is actually leaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And the other uh, idea that he gives is education is where someone is like laying out a string mm-hmm. where the student can explore and progress in his or her own way. Yeah. Like you can just follow the string and explore the ideas. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and that's that's more interesting I feel. But again, there there are problems in these two because say even even with how someone lays down the string in mm-hmm. in school, say say for example, all of us have had experiences and I mean I most certainly have where we sit in a computer lab and yeah. we type in those codes or C++ codes yeah. and get particular output mm-hmm. or in a chemistry lab we mix a combination of chemicals to derive a particular result. yeah that we have to arrive to because it was speed determined you know you get yeah. told do this do this because you have to get to a conclusion like that so that's that's yeah, so it. yeah. it's speed determined by the teacher mm-hmm. and all all of this mass memorizing mm-hmm. uh, trying to ensure that okay so this again this comes from the approach of you know no child left behind yeah will actually help people in being successful like you know provide everyone with the opportunities mm-hmm. and make make sure everyone gets what they want not yeah. what they want no no one's left out yeah yeah so all of us are put into like like a cage and you were like you know follow this all of us are supposed to do this all of us are supposed to do that there mm-hmm. there's no scope for individual individualism there's no scope for finding finding out things on our own like you know yeah you know how we go out and explore things by ourselves and we we have this moment of realization like oh, wow yeah it's it's so different it, yeah in school literally and that comes comes uh, you know i brings me to the next question like so like the schooling in india particularly i think you've already addressed it but it's it's literally uh, like how we say it in hindi it's it's like that rectification that you have to reach yeah. a certain conclusion it's 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 very robotic so do you think it's a beginning the problem begins from our schooling system which is of course of course so unique so, uh, in its own way <laughs> yeah so this this professor in uh university of michigan his mm-hmm. name is victor weiskop so when our freshmen come and ask him what are they going to like learn what's going to be covered in the semester yeah and so he he gives a very 
witty answer. He says, "It's not about what is covered, but about what you discover." Ah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. And we may, all may, are stuck may, in the first phase right now. Yeah. What is covered? <laughs> yeah, that's that's. So may, maybe what we discover is actually what we're being taught is entirely wrong, and and that's the kind kind of thing we want to do. You know, we're not we're not okay. We we are we are told. Uh, Okay, you need to think critically mm-hmm. and be sharp and be smart and be intelligent. But yeah. don't be critical of us. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly, right? exactly. Of course, that the system is designed like that, and how you've explained it so well, historically. But so, um, you know, I was uh, having a discussion with someone. I think my brother was telling me that um, mm-hmm. Elon Musk is is someone who's sort of. Uh, homeschooling his children what uh-huh. what do you think of that concept do you think it should be sort of incorporated and are indian households ready for for a system like that would it be a good idea well okay so again this goes back to the social political question mm-hmm. that's to say so if you look at uh, how we were as indians or even people in pre-industrial societies yeah we were uh, we had solidarity but that solidarity was based on our, our traditions our culture the yeah. values mm-hmm. societal values are based on culture and tradition so yes. there was like a traditional interdependency between people mm-hmm. because we had to follow a particular culture yeah etc mm-hmm. and after industrialization this this became the the interdependency and the solidarity became something that's based on economy so right now people are interdependent based on economy and not basically on culture or values mhm yes right? yes So, it, so homeschooling. Yeah. Ho- homeschooling again takes back us. takes takes us back to the question of child rearing itself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you can't separate homeschooling and child rearing. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that's a separate studying itself. Uh. And if if someone's homeschooled, I mean, you will still expose the child to various uh, subjects, and the child will be learning stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Will the child be market ready? Because the majority, more than ninety-five percent, is is being so. It's 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 it's, there, it's complicated. In place. It's mm-hmm. not complicated. Mm-hmm. So there's a particular system in place, and everyone thinks people who come into the system are the competent ones. Yeah. yeah. And we are trying to create something parallel. That's mm-hmm. the homeschooling uh, mechanism. Yeah. And we we create uh, people who are very deviant from. the masses right hmm. they they have different ideas they have new radical thoughts yeah so will they be able to survive and will they be able to find a place in society in a society that's based on economic interdependence hmm. and how this economy itself is run by like i said the mm-hmm. industry will yeah. the industry accept someone who is very radical in thoughts that's because Yeah. It's it's from a from a long from a long term perspective. So it's 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 brilliant for the development of the child. Yeah. For the development of the human brain itself, it's 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 fascinating. But mm-hmm. then again, when the child goes back into society, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the child. It's going to be very tough. Mm-hmm. Now say so five days ago mm-hmm. on the eighth of June, there was this news uh, of of a uh, North Korean defector. She mm-hmm. left Korea in two thousand seven, and then she made a comment on the Ivy League. colleges and okay. that that it a rod now so she said uh, i expected that i was paying this fortune all this time and energy to learn how to think yeah but they are forcing you to think what they want you to think of course and and, <laughs> and she said i realize uh this is insane that america she, she thought america was very different from north korea mm. but she she just find uh, eerily similar 
wow uh, that's things that's... that happened so one example she gave is uh, she yeah. said uh, that is all of them literally believe that their leader their dear mm. leader kim jong un was starving and that that's the idea in people's minds yeah i mean he's the fattest guy <laughs> in the country yeah How can anyone believe that I mean, and then somebody showed her a photo and said look at him he's the fattest guy and other people and then how can he be starving exactly and, mm. and then she thought oh i didn't notice that he was fat oh so, my god because I, because she never learned to think critically you know yeah yeah to connect to connect obesity or overnourishment with with the starvation or the lack of it yes and that's yes. what's happening throughout the world people see things mm-hmm. but they just completely lose the ability to think critically yeah wow only you can follow this news surya i'm sure you're the only one who knows about this that is that's that's so interesting how uh, she sort of thought the the two countries were similar in some form literally that's 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 very surprising but um surya what do you think like how do you think the pandemic is going to impact the future of education like of like how people are thinking do you think it's it's going to be a different ball game now like where people are just going to take up shorter courses or just going to learn everything by themselves because of the internet or it's going to be back to square one once all of this is back like to normal i think it'll be back to square one because of the money involved yeah uh, so we have these institutions and and we we see news of how they charge fees even right now mhm even though exams are cancelled even though classes are cancelled they still want to get the fees that's that's awful right like yeah 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 this is crazy and the only the only way in which this can be stopped is government intervention but then the government also is pretty lackadaisical about it yeah I mean, they, they don't if you look at the indian government i'm not I, I, yeah uh, how do you say do we have more expenditure or say the budget there's more allocation towards the defense setup yes rather than Ra- institutions uh, hmm. rather than education or mm. healthcare or human resources you know yeah that's that so, and yeah true mm-hmm. so probably so this will go back to what's normal but again so uh, so we have all these new uh, apps that are de- being developed right we have coursera we have uh, masterclass the and duolingo have, for languages yeah, and what not yeah indian ones byju's all this yeah. so one is to okay if these university recognizes these platforms as as valid and authoritative sources to learn knowledge mm-hmm. according to them yeah. then this will thrive but they can say oh no we don't trust them they are uh, like a bunch of clowns they they just trying to make money out of what's happening right now but we are the real people come to us if you want to make it great make it great yeah. ha- be market ready hmm yeah <laughs> that's true no we all are skeptical about it i think and uh, they are uh, sort of using that skepticism in a great way they are like these are not worthy of being incorporated into the system so might as well just come to our colleges and just learn the education and go through the same drill that you all have been going through yeah like, so i have yeah. some of my friends who work in these companies and actually they are made to i mean they are made so these companies also have uh, tie ups with the universities itself with mm-hmm. the college itself yeah. so that they are not left behind and they don't get this tag that you know these people are not worthy so mm-hmm. the university actually recommends them you know to the students because hmm they also get a cut yeah, of, yeah. for for every subscription or 
<laughs> it's, it's all it's all mind making in the end it right? is so. it's totally it's all commercial so uh, since we are running short of time what uh, what have you been learning uh, surya apart from your uh, unclos phd or dissertation whatever you're doing what's what's been the new um, new age thing that you think it's it's really good app or something that you've learned recently during the pandemic Oh, uh, I don't want to be this kid who says, "Oh, this is the hot thing." Someone like <laughs> I, I, I know that yeah, wrong yeah, question. Yeah, but what, what, what's fascinating <laughs> to me is the whole uh, idea of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we are trying to mimic human intelligence artificially. Yes. So, and and there have been a uh, great details of study of the human brain itself regarding that because see, that's the best intelligence ever. That's that's there, the human brain. Yeah, and if you can mimic that and make a copy of that, mm. you're going to create uh, artificial intelligence the best way possible. And how that would affect us? Oh, say, that that would be crazy, isn't it? Would would we be say? And again, virtual platforms. Now, mm. during the early days of pandemic, there was this virtual say concert. Yeah. The, well, I, I don't know some hip hop artist. I forgot his name. He conducted a virtual concert. Okay. So what happens is uh, all of us have our own simulations, mm-hmm. like like how you have this Sims game, right? Yeah. So you you create your own simulation and and then you go attend the concert virtually. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Like you 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 have you have your VR goggles and uh-huh. you have your headphones on and everything. So you're you're visually stimulated. You're uh, orally stimulated. Yeah. Oh wow! So did you, get, you, get did you attend that by any chance? Would no. I attend that? No, no. Did you? Uh, I mean, was this was this no, for no, real? No. I never heard of this. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, interesting. No, I didn't attend that. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, but oh my god, this is this is gonna this is another ball game altogether. The artificial intelligence stream, right? And that, and then and then your whole uh, virtual visual spaces, your augmented realities. I mean, you can travel anywhere in the world. I mean, if someone wants to visit. Taj Mahal, for example, mm-hmm. they can they can just sit wherever in the chair, wherever they are, and have the same visual experience. It depends on the quality of the graphics that's created and yeah. the animation itself. But it can be made as real as possible. With, mm. I mean, we we we've seen games and movies where animation looks so real, like. It's, it's like realistic. It is, it is that that yeah, it's it's mind blowing. I think it's it's so amazing that uh, technology is uh, reaching so far, but it's also so boring. In case the world is just like that, <laughs> everyone everyone can just be anywhere, sitting from their homes. But uh, that that's how the future is gonna be. But yeah, no, this is um, this has been very interesting, Surya. And uh, again, as I was uh, beginning to speak about this, that uh, your master's decision sort of really surprised me to no no degree. But I think this was a scholarship, right? That's the only reason you picked it up, or this was something else? Yeah, this was a scholarship. Uh, I was sponsored completely for this, so huh. Right. I, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. You wouldn't pay for it, and because I'm sure there was an incentive with the scholarship, hence the decision. Yeah, and, yeah. And when I just think of it right now, mm-hmm. see, people like me, mm-hmm. people like you, who who went through this process. Yeah. And see, the system actually shows who actually can handle the pressure, and you know, who can actually stick and be more obedient. Mm-hmm. The ones who don't, they just they just like uh, they just crack open and they and they exit the system. Yeah. Either they go become businessmen or they go sell drugs on the streets. <laughs> Extremes, so, huh? Total. Mm. Yeah. So when I see again, I'm I'm someone who's obedient, 
by popular standards mm-hmm. because i'm following all this and yeah. so there are people like us yeah who are undergoing this whole process of getting educated blah blah mm-hmm. so i think it also shows who is obedient who's not obedient yeah and Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I think I heard no no but sometimes uh, the non obedient people also end up doing really well right like the college dropouts yeah. the yeah, basic yeah. examples that we have of Steve Jobs or whoever whoever some big names so the non obedience movement also really works sometimes in in it's a sense the, it's the only one that works actually <laughs> <laughs> only if you have the guts to do it <laughs> yes because because i think we we were discussing this again one point of time like mm-hmm. uh you cannot so the ones who are off the edge you know who are not someone who is not well rounded mhm so they are the people who actually create change if you look at it yeah. because because you cannot train people for specific knowledge and specific knowledge is usually found by pursuing what's your genuine curiosity like you're curious about something genuinely and you just like pursue that yeah yeah but so if you can train someone for something you can always replace them and these people who are out of the system hmm. either they're homeschooled or they just figure out things by their own yeah they 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 can't be replaced unlike hmm. the ones who are trained true true that's right. that's 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 very relevant and uh, wow since we we're, we're running short of time surya and uh, yeah. as we discussed before we had so many topics in mind and uh, mm-hmm. we discuss, we took this topic up because again i told you i was like i remember this chat we had and it was it was really interesting but uh, i'm sure there's a lot of gyan you want to barter on some other topics as well which we could which we could look into i think marriage is one of them and there were two three other things also so we'll we'll uh, definitely try to explore those things uh, as well and uh, certainly but i i would really like to thank you considering you were in the midst of your dissertation and your exams <laughs> and you still took out the time tumhara practice ho gaya mujhe lagta hai jitna tumne bataya na history ke bare mein but i know but your your masters is not on this so no, yeah, i think <laughs> but it was really sweet of you to actually uh, take out the time and record this no, so. okay i must thank you for <laughs> जीवा Um, that i know no no but it's it's so funny we were discussing education and uh, you happened to be a tambram i was like what a perfect fix then literally you were the ideal choice i'm i'm yeah, living up to candidate. stereotypes yeah i'm living up to stereotypes here so yeah. <laughs> that's why you were the perfect choice ha huh, I'll, i'll practice a little bit of tamil so, let's so castist <laughs> totally totally but yeah we can we can have those jokes here on this on yeah. this platform for sure yeah. So thank you so much Surya and hopefully we will discuss another topic very very soon and best of luck for your exam Thank you yeah thank you so much for this